Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Anyway, we are now talking cricket. The second one-day international between Pakistan and New Zealand gets underway tonight. We'll have ball-by-ball coverage here on SENZ. Now, part of the commentary team and well-known to most of our listeners and certainly well-known within the cricket community, former New Zealand cricket captain, one of the great orators when it comes to the sport of cricket, the man simply known as the Prey Mantis, Jeremy Coney, joins us on the programme. Morning to you, Jeremy. Welcome. Morning, thank you. Uh, look, before we just sort of reflect a little bit on the first one international and preview the one tonight, um, overnight we heard the sad news that former New Zealand opening test batsman Bruce Murray passed away at the age of 82. Your memories, your thoughts of uh, Bruce Murray? Uh, very sad. Um, when I first got into the uh, Wellington side uh, bags, which as he was affectionately known, that was it, they were his initials. Um, he was my mentor, basically, and I can recall walking around various cities in New Zealand as we travelled around playing matches, just listening to his wisdom. Um, just not, not so, you know, a little bit about the game, but just as a person. Um, he had a lot to offer, uh, willing to, to, to chat and to listen. A thoughtful man. Um, played the game the right way, had the game in balance with the other parts of his lives, as I could see. Um, uh, got to know him better as, as I got a bit older and we played more together. Um, so, and I think he offered a lot. Uh, and that's what you need around people uh, in, in sport uh, to sort of handle the ups and downs inevitably that occur. So... Um, and he's, he just was a great family fella too, you know. I enjoyed talking to him, I guess, too, Mark. Mm. Um, um, so I'll miss him um, a lot. I mean, a headmaster at school and so on. So lots of good things, great family, lovely shots I've seen of him just recently with his family. Um, cricket, obviously, in the blood. Loved playing for New Zealand, got a couple of important innings he got away. Um, for New Zealand, uh, so yeah, I, I I rated bags a lot. Yeah, only one of three cricketers in history to take a Test wicket and not concede a run, which it might be a small thing, but it's what <laughs> makes. It, but it's, it's part of the romance of cricket. What makes cricket so special? Right. Those, little, those little anomalies that just go with the game. Those little statistics. Yeah. Sure, he'd love that, the leg spinner. He bowled his leg, he stood at first slip. A gangling guy like me a bit, really. Um, and and uh, he he would really enjoy that. <laughs> I bet he's laughing at that now. Yeah, look, lovely tribute, Jeremy. Uh, let's look just quickly back on that first one-day international between Pakistan and New Zealand. We were beaten quite badly in the finish. Pakistan chasing down our tally of uh, 255 after just 48 overs. What do we have to do tonight to negate the spin attack of Pakistan and look to try and play just a little bit more positively? Yeah. um, I think the first thing I'd put is is the context a little bit, if I could. Uh, Toss and conditions, Asian venues, 
uh, do seem more vulnerable to due factor in the second innings of night games. Um, most codes, of course, due doesn't mean a thing. But cricket's a bit more sensitive to the conditions, uh, and it can turn, dew can turn an adhesive and clingy surface in the first innings. It can alter it to a sort of dewed up, ball doesn't grip, slides on, doesn't turn quite as much, doesn't hold up, you know, and it's a key reason, for example, that Australia won the T20 Cup in the UAE last year. They won the toss, they played okay, but they, importantly, they bowled first. So that's a bit of a factor, I think, in game one. As far as the spinner's concerned, yeah, I think we need, we need to... The, the spinners... I know Nasim Shah got five wickets, and that t- seems to grab the headlines. But the three spinners only went for 98 off their 24 overs. 98 out of there, that's half the overs. Uh, half 255 to me is sort of at least 127. So they are very much short of that and that extra 30 runs getting from 98 to 127 is kind of the difference that could have caused you know a, a change in the game um so we did we had 25 overs of dead batting in that match or just over so that's 150 balls we didn't score from mm. now we need to get 70 or 80 more runs from those 150 balls even if we score singles that'd be better if we can place the ball a bit more, one might become a two and they get the odd extra boundary. To do that, we've got to get closer to the ball or further away from it. Um, if the ball is doing something, then you've either got to get close and prevent it from doing something, if you like, or get away from it, see what it's doing, and then adjust. So I think we need to do that, and that's foot movement and reading the length of the ball better and earlier. I would attack, if it was me, what? What I would attack Mir a bit more, uh, the leg spinner. Uh, He bowls good balls and bad balls. He's only had one game. He's got a lot of movement in his action, so the opportunity for things to go wrong could be more uncertain, and you've got to make him uncertain. So I would attack him more, I think, generally. Left arm and Nawa's tough, quickish, lands middle, you know, bowls wide on the crease, and, and he bowled Mitchell, I thought, with the best ball in the match, really. Um, so I hope Santner's observing. Um, so that's how I'd handle the spin. Uh, okay, Jeremy, why, it seems easier to be a lot more positive against fast bowling if you're a batter. Why is it so difficult? to be more positive against spinners. Why is it that you see so many batsmen more always in two minds? Do I go after this? Do I not? And in that split second, as you said, suddenly our economy's down and the spinners are on top of you. Yeah, well, that's... that's Why is it? Uh, Length becomes so much more important. The ball is in the air a lot more, obviously. You haven't got got more time. You'd think it would be easier... But normally good spinners will actually either get the ball up above you and they will get the ball to drop. So to read the length can be quite tricky. They get it to drop by putting more spin on the ball at their end, getting it right at their end. Revolutions on the ball. Now, if if the seam is coming towards you, the ball wants to dip. It wants to come down more steeply. It suddenly is a bit shorter than you think it is. They can also make it curve in towards you if they're a left armor, say, and you're a right-hander. Um, they can make the ball 
you know, dip and do both at the same time. That's the thing called Benui's theorem that happens just to, just to spheres. As you shoot a rifle, a bullet will swing as the further it goes away from you. So that's just a, a, a fact. And so spinners who turn the ball more, they'll get that dip and that grip and that turn. So it becomes a bit more tricky to, to work out where is this thing going to bounce? Um, and as I say, you've either got to get close to it and you take a bit of a risk, you leave your crease sometimes, or you get very well back and you allow it to do its work and then try and adjust, as you say, as I said, your shot that you want to play into a gap. Got to have gaps clearly in your mind as well. It's, it's not as easy as you think. Unfortunately, in New Zealand, we haven't got many spinners. We don't face them enough. It affects all our game. The batsmen facing them, keepers keeping to them, uh, the bats, uh, captains setting fields to them. The whole thing is undermined. Yeah, because we've never been great players of spin, have we? So, I mean, if you're playing, no, so if you're playing New Zealand, is that how you beat us? Just good spin bowling, particularly you know, open up with spinners. Even it helps. Mm. Yeah, you can certainly open against uh, a New Zealand with a spinner. That's mm. been done quite a lot before as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so so that's a, that's quite a big question. That one, how do we do it better? It's going to take a bit of time, but until we believe in them. I'm sorry, we're not going to get better. Until we have spinning pitches in New Zealand, we're not going to get better. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because to be uh, moving just away from the one-day game, but to be one of the great test sides, you've got to have a genuine world-class spinner. But we always seem to be in two minds. Do we, we tend to take players like Bracewell and a Santner in, who tend to be a little bit more defensive. We seem... We, we don't seem to be willing to want to develop an Ajis Patel or give Anish Sodi an opportunity, even if initially they might be a little bit loose. That's to do with our conditions, basically, and that we want the returns to come. You know, we want to test victories and so on. So we prepare green tracks and we play our seamers. It's, uh, I'm afraid, we're caught in that that whole kind of paradigm and not wanting to push out of it. Mm. But we forget sometimes we've got five teams to play in Asia, mm. and and that's that's half the teams that we play. And as soon as we play away. We're in trouble because our seamers are less effective over there. We haven't even got a seamer at this stage who can reverse swing the ball in Pakistan. That's, that's been obvious, a huge hole in what I've seen in our test cricket. Let's have a look at the New Zealand bowling attack. Have we got the balance right yeah. here? Salvi, Henry Shipley making his debut, Bracewell, Lockie Ferguson, Mitch Santner and Glenn Phillips also bowled. Well, that's one thing to look at. We went in with three seamers and two spinners, basically, uh, and Phillips a part-timer, uh, very much a part-timer, really. Um, we got a lot of absentees, haven't we? Oh, I we mean, we got we absolutely. Hill, Henry and Milner out. We got Jamison out. Bolt might be used. I'm sure. You know, let's not kid around. He'll be used if we can use him in the one-day games. Nisham's not there. He's more of a batsman than a bowler. But, you know, that's quite a number uh, who are out of the, out of the picture, isn't it? Um, we've got Saudi, who's good up front, maybe a bit down on pace nowadays. And I thought five overs was pretty tough to bowl at the end of a match for him um, when the ball isn't swinging. Uh, maybe four to start and three or four in the middle overs, but I don't know whether I'd use him heaps at the end. Ferguson... Skiddy, our quickest bowler. The problem is in Pakistan, you can't bowl a length. 
because the ball doesn't bounce. It just skids on at you and slides on at you because you're the dew as well in the second innings. So the pace, that's something that batsmen like to work with. And so you can access a much wider range of the field than you can with slower bowlers. So to be effective, Ferguson has to become a bouncer Yorker man. You know, either short, which is what he went to in the end, you know, um, or, or he bowls very full to keep them honest. So that requires pretty good accuracy. And I think you need a change to the field. You almost need a man over behind the keeper to prevent the ramp. So lots of discussions needed there about what field we set to him. Mm. Uh, Jeremy, I want to ask you I this. I don't know whether that makes sense to you or not. No, absolutely. Uh, no, wonderful, wonderful summation. Uh, brilliantly summed up, absolutely. But look, um, you know, I was asked the other day, did I watch the Pakistan-New Zealand game? And the, 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 the reality was, no, I didn't. I watched the highlights package the next day. And I'm seeing crowds around the world starting to move a little bit away, away from the one-day format. And part of it is, I'm trying to work out what the meaning of these games are. What does it actually mean, this one-day series against Pakistan? How do we bring back the 1980s? How do we bring back the excitement of that era you played in, the excitement of the 1990s? There just doesn't seem to be any jeopardy on any of these games anymore. Um, you know, we lose to Pakistan, we've lose, lose five one-day games in a row, but the nation doesn't seem to wake up morning anymore. And a lot of these victories are no longer sort of legacy moments. We always remember the World Series that your team played in in the 1980s and the nation was glued and we were just desperate to try and beat Australia. What is the solution here for cricket to capture the essence, to get people back? Oh, uh, that's a big question. Um, Look, I guess there's part of it is that this ODI game has been the golden goose for cricket for a long time, since the 80s. You talk about that's 40-odd years ago. So uh, there's, you know, there are parts of the game that people don't quite like. They are, you know, that middle period of the game. Personally, I find it quite interesting. I find the subtleties of that part and where you score and how you keep the run rate going without taking huge risk. Uh, I find that fascinating. I'd like to see cricket fields to be bigger so that you can develop certain shots that you can go over the infield and short of the outfield and still run two. And then you can take a bowler for 12 runs and over, potentially, and he's pulling his hair out at the other end, and yet you've quietly taken him to the, you know, to the cleaners. Um, we don't see that because we brought the field in because we want the currency of sixes because of T20. And so T20 is the new fashion nowadays, big money in the T20 game. Um, in fact, players pulling out of playing for your country to go and get the cash while they can. I, d- I can understand that. Um, so those are very small reasons. I hope that T, I think personally, I like the 50 over the game. I like it actually better than the T20 match because you can be in trouble and yet there's still time to come back in the game, uh, and to, to, to make it a very interesting match. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, I look, what? Oh, you can't answer that in, in mm. sound bites, mate. Yeah. Um, 
No, look, I, I just yeah, no, look, it's a good starting point for us. I, I just want to put it out to people a little bit later on. I wonder whether, you know, do you need to have a Ranfurly shield that countries hold on to? Do we need to have some sort of points around these winning well, particular they tried series? To do that, I, I, haven't they? Yeah, it's just They I, tried to make all these bilateral things a bit more important by having a league, haven't they? But people you know, do you do people dingle into their phone and that sort of stuff to see overnight to see where Bangladesh how they got on against India, so just because it might affect the league? I'm not sure about that. Mm. <laughs> Some countries like the ODI still, but New Zealand, I I don't think they. How, how many people love cricket? I'm not sure. Mm. No, no, look, you? I, no, well, I don't. I mean, I, lo- I love my. I love my test match cricket, I genuinely do, and I was really disappointed yeah. in that second test against Pakistan that you know the umpires decided to call call it based on their light metres rather than going to the two teams, and here you had was one of the great finishes, the, the last scoring shot was a six, you had the very best of one day cricket, the very best of T20 cricket suddenly rounding out the most traditional form of the game only for some sort of draconian decisions, and they're the decisions that just but they can't keep happening if this game wants to thrive, if, it, if it's going to find its a, a, a new generation, a new fan base. Oh, ridiculous, wasn't it? Mm. Imagine sitting there. I mean, there weren't many people sitting there, I've got to say. Um, they did come in a little bit more in that last session, but um, doesn't seem as if the people of Karachi were very interested. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, look, uh, that, that has to change. The other thing about it, of course, is that you need to stop that that ability of the fielding team when it does get dark uh, from bringing back on a a quicker bowler. Mm. You can't. can't, I don't think you can have one side having more options and as soon as they bring back the quick bowler, they say, oh, it's dangerous. Um, And and so they've got at least an out, you know, to go to if the game gets, you know, swinging towards the batting team chasing the runs. Mm. I know, so that doesn't make sense to me. Does it make sense to you? No, no. You know, you no. can't do but But can you also then dictate to the fielding captain, thou shalt not bowl certain bowlers in your bowling resources? No, I think, yeah, it's got, look, it's, there's, got, there's got to be, <laughs> so yeah, no, and I agree, but it's about sitting around the table, isn't it? And both teams putting their thoughts forward and, and coming, coming up with, and finding a way. Hey, look, uh, Jeremy, have a great call tonight. Really appreciate you joining us on the program yeah. this morning. Thank you. Cheers, mate.